Welcome to the After Effect Podcast. I'm your host, LeBron Stephan. We are at episode 16. We have a very special guest today, uh, North Dakota State football running back coach, Robbie Rouse, is on the show today. Uh, we got the California native to uh, tap in with us to talk about culture growing up in San Diego, um, his illustrious career at Fresno State as a running back, um, his stints in the NFL, CFL, arena football, winning a championship uh, in arena football, his after effect after he was done playing, and how he got to where he is now as a running back coach for North Dakota State University. So just sent him invites and just waiting for him to jump in and we will get this thing rolling. Uh, today is Saturday, August 29th. Oh, here he is. My guy. Lee Brown, how we doing? <laughs> how you doing, man? Good, I'm good, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, 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 man. I appreciate you carving out some time to tap in with me, man, for the, for yeah, the no podcast, problem. bro. No problem. Yeah, man. So I call this um, podcast the After Effect Podcast. I feel like us as athletes, obviously, being, being athletes our whole life, uh, we have some form of after effect. Once we're done playing all the, the life lessons from coaches and teammates mm -hmm. and players that we've learned, we all have some type of effect. So this is essentially just uh, giving us, people like us, former athletes, a voice to just talk about a slew and array of things, you know, um, yeah. um, because I feel like uh, in the podcast environment, a lot of times the people that have podcasts are usually, you know, guys that maybe played like 10 or 12 years in the NFL or 10 or 12 years in the NBA. And so they know these producers that your uninterrupted and your player tribunes and your bleacher reports. And, you know, they kind of get those opportunities right after retirement. Uh, and yeah. so... And usually us, you know, us former athletes, we're the consumers of that kind of content. So this is just kind of giving us a voice, uh, you know. Uh, so if you're cool with it, we can just jump right into it, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So I saw that you, well, first off, I know uh, I know that you are the running backs coach for North Dakota State University right now. Yep. Are, are you guys scheduled for a season? Has it got canceled? What's going on with that currently? So it's um, it's University of North Dakota. So like, just stop because state that's NDSU. That's the uh, that's the other the other team down the way. So oh, University oh. of North Dakota. So <laughs> no, I'll just you know you're here because <laughs> we're we're just two teams in the same state. Okay. So as of right now, you know we, we aren't playing a season okay. right now. So right now, all we're doing is um, kind of just getting the guys back in shape and getting workouts. You know, actually, to, I was able to get my first workout indie session with my guys this week and i've been i got the job in march so first time ever actually being able to coach them through drills so um, you know it's unfortunate that we aren't having a season but i just think that that it was too much of back and forth are we going to play are we not i yeah. feel like since the guys know okay we're not playing let's grind and let's get it going it's some more concrete versus okay we're going to play we're not going to play so i just think it's better now that they okay. know and now we're just moving forward with Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. Well, that's, that's super cool, man, that the players are, you know, kind of having that optimistic mindset. I know, you know, I went to the University of Iowa in the Big Ten and yeah. uh, I mean, the Big Ten, a lot of the players, I mean, they are the parents, the players, they're going crazy. They're signing petitions. They're, 
they're putting up to the Big Ten office in Chicago and, I mean, yeah. doing all these things, trying to get – trying to at least get a season. So I know now uh, the commissioner is thinking about maybe instead of starting something in spring, maybe possibly starting something in November. Obviously, mm-hmm. if the spread of COVID doesn't uh, continue to uh, expand, if, it, if the numbers continue to come down. So, I mean, that that's super dope. I mean, you know, I think this year is going to go – down, you know, in the test of time, just everything that's happened with COVID, you know, the uh, uh, coronavirus pandemic, and also just all the racial injustices uh, as far as Black Lives Matter. Um, and Absolutely. I think it's, it's pretty cool, man, that, you know, you kind of on the front lines and you kind of have to be that example, you know, for the generation now because they're, you know, you're, the, you're their coach, so they're looking at you uh, to lead by example. Yeah, no question. I mean, and that's a great point, because I mean, in our state, you know, we're most diverse, you know, as far as the state of North Dakota. And, you know, those are conversations that we have with our players, you know, mm-hmm. about what's going on in the real world, because you can't hide from these issues, you know, right, right. you have to have the uncomfortable conversations. And we mm-hmm. had a conversation this morning with the guys, you know, mm-hmm. because when you have uncomfortable conversations, you grow, you grow as a person, you know, mm-hmm. and it just helps our relationships grow. There's mm-hmm. no point in hiding you know, we can't hide what's just happened, you know, in, um, you know, in Wisconsin to mm-hmm. um, Jacob Blake. And then, you know, a few months ago to George Floyd. And I, you know, I could go on. You right, know, right. And I want to know it. Just what's going on is, you know, it, it's, it's bigger than names because it's just, you know, it's just something that we've been dealing with mm-hmm. in this world. For our whole life. <laughs> our whole life. You know, our whole life. You Since know, birth. Our parents, our parents' parents and so on. So, like, mm-hmm. You know, it's good that so many people are, you know, are seeing it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's crazy that, you know, maybe COVID could have been a blessing because Mm -hmm. with us not having sports, it turns your attention elsewhere. You know, that's part of the reason why people being so attentive to seeing what's going on in the world. And it's like people are like, man, that's messed up, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's messed up. And it ain't the first time it's happened, you know. So, Mm -hmm. you know, COVID might be a blessing in disguise. And I mean with everybody staying healthy and, you know, uh, things of that nature. But I'm just saying as far as with the cancellation of sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. That's, uh, that's big facts, man. That's, and that's a great point, bro. Uh, so, yeah, we're diving into I know you're a California native. Uh, you grew up in San Diego. Uh, you know, we met four years ago, 2016, when we played together um, for the mm-hmm. Iowa Barnstormers and uh, playing football. And uh, I think you were – probably one of the first guys I knew that were actually, that was actually from the state of California, from San Diego. So just talk about the culture there. Talk about growing up there. Um, when I think about California, obviously I'm a Midwest kid from Ohio. So when I think about California, I think palm trees, beaches. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, was the, what was the sports culture like growing up there in San Diego? You know, and, and as to good you say that, because I deal with that all the time. You know, I grew up, you know, Southeast, Southeast San Diego, right? Southeast is inner city, you know, okay. I would, uh, you know, it was a lot of, you know, gangs, drugs, violence, you know, so, you know, I was raised in a single parent home. So, okay. you know, I did see the other, you know, side. So it wasn't yeah, yeah. palm trees and beaches, you know, they, they was far from where I, where I grew up at. Oh, you know? okay. I know a lot of people get that perception of San Diego, but yeah. you know, that's what was some that, you know, I had around me growing up, mm-hmm. but you know, as far as the, the culture, you know, we have a lot of talent from San Diego, you know, it's kind of the state of Heisman's. I mean, you got, Terrell, not uh, yeah. Reggie Bush, you know, you got Marcus yeah. Allen, you know, Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis yeah. Ricky Williams, um, you know, so we could go on, you know, we got yeah. a list of guys. So, I mean, the culture was really competitive. 
it's know, some, it's it, some kind of it's some kind of running back running back juice in San Diego, huh? <laughs> it, I mean, you know, I play running back myself. You yeah. know, <laughs> so so it, it so we we really like the state of the RBs. Like I always, you know, talk tell people about it, like name another city that got more Heisman's than us. So yeah, you yeah. know, we really talented, and you know, the thing about San Diego too is. You know, it's military base. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you can go out and run into 10 people and they'd be from six of them will be from 10 different states. So that's kind of the thing, because like, you know, traveling and going to other states like, you know, if you're in Iowa, you know, or let's say you're in Chicago, you go see Chicago Bear fans everywhere. You know, mm -hmm. Minnesota, you go see Viking fans, you know, mm -hmm. San Diego. Man, you go see everything, you know, and that's yeah, the same yeah, yeah. thing. I imagine you would probably get in New York. Well, I ain't been from New York. So. You know that that's a tough aspect, but as far as that, you know, it was it was tough growing up. You know, it was tough growing up, seen a lot, but you know, I think it helped mold me yeah, to yeah. man I am today. On Molded top you, of yeah. having a great great mom, you know, a great mom that taught me, you know, so many values of life. You know, I looked up to her, and that's always been my hero. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, and and like you say, I know I grew up in the inner city in Cleveland as well. So uh, luckily, you know, I had both my parents, but uh i think that was that was powerful what you said that you know people have that misconception um that you know california palm trees beaches is this like glamorous life not knowing that obviously we all know it's a hood in every in every city and every state and uh that's that stay away from the train tracks that's what mom told me stay away from the train <laughs> tracks baby yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So that, that was the same way in cleveland man but uh mm -hmm. like i tell guys all the time and like you alluded um to as well um, you know, those type of experiences, being in those trenches, obviously it's not safe and you would rather grow up a different way, but it also kind of shapes you and molds you and teaches you how to move, how to kind of assess people, whether they should be in your circle, whether they shouldn't. You kind of have that gauge and that like eyesight to be able to gauge people on, um, you know, if they would be good for you, whether they was an athlete or just a student and things like that. Yeah. So talk Absolutely. about your, um, you know, your career at um, James Madison. And then, like, you know, just the entire, like, starting to get recruited. I'm sure you probably started getting letters, like, 9th or 10th grade, like me. And then, yeah. you know, those offers start to come. Talk about your career at James Madison and then just the entire recruiting process. Yeah, so, you know, I was, like I said, I always, that's why I take this pride in coaching as well. Because, you know, I didn't have a father growing up as far as there with me. You know, he's been incarcerated my whole life. So, you know, I, I, I kind of had those father figures and coaches. You know, it was just by nature. You know, Pop Warner, I had a great coach in David Dunn, who's a head coach at Lincoln High School, who, which is a really, you know, historic in the high school in um, San Diego. And that's where Terrell Davis and Marcus Allen came from. So Coach Day Day coached me and Pop Warner, you know. So and then after that, you know, I went to high school and played for Rick Jackson, you know, who was a, a great coach as well. You know, he had go down as a Hall of Famer coach. So, you know, going to uh, Madison, you know, it was a great experience. My freshman year, I actually played Pop Warner. And then my sophomore year, I played, I played JV. I played JV my sophomore year. You know, I was a smaller guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was, what, five, five, buck 40, you know? So, <laughs> you know, I, I it, but it, it, it didn't matter to me. It's not like I just wanted to, wherever I could ball, I could ball. You know, some of the right, kids, right, right. this inception, like I need to play varsity, this and that. It's not ready. You're not ready. When your time comes, take advantage of it. Exactly. So, you know, I did start getting letters like my junior year, but we went to football camps at Fresno State, you know, um, every year, team camps, right, team camps. And, you know, and every year, team camp, I did good. First year was I was on JV. You know, the next year, you know, I did varsity. And the year after that, I was varsity as well. So, you know, and I just got, I got a chance to kind of meet, you know, the Fresno staff, you know, which okay. I ended up committing to Fresno, you know, as mm -hmm. we all know. 
So that was kind of a great experience because, you know, during team camps, you kind of get to see how they coach and just kind of how it is to be a college athlete. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Fresno, you know, they recruited me, but they were my first offer. My first offer was actually San Diego State, you know, my okay. hometown. Team. Okay. So they offered me after a seven-on-seven passing league. You know, I got letters from all kind of teams, you know, Pac-12 teams, Big Ten teams, you know, mm-hmm. you know, letters here. You know, I had a handwritten from UCLA. Mm-hmm. And, but the real concrete stuff was the official offers from San Diego State and um, and Fresno. Did you, uh, did you think, did, did you ever think about going to San Diego State? Because that's where Marshall Falk went, right? Yeah, Marshall okay. Falk. So, you know, I didn't because I knew, like, you know, how, you know, I had a lot of friends growing up. And I just needed to get out. You know, I needed to get out, which was the best thing for me because, yeah. like, I think what Madison helped me with is, you know, I grew up in a community where it was predominantly African-American or Hispanics. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to Madison, you know, there was there was a lot more white people at Madison. Right. Okay. So I was able it, it helped me get out of my comfort zone and mm-hmm. let oh, me reach different people. And, you know, just let me see a different shine of light yeah. of life, you know, yeah. so that helped me grow as a person. Cause like, and that's big because I'm sure when you went to uh, not to cut you off. But I'm so I'm sure when you went to uh, Fresno State, your transition was probably a little more smoother because you experienced um, those no different walks of life in high school. And I tell people all the time, it's so funny. Me going, I was I was obviously inner city schools my entire kindergarten through twelfth, and then I go from that to uh, University of Iowa, which is one percent black, <laughs> predominantly yeah. white Big Ten school. Yeah. I, you know, I got to change the way I talk. People don't like people don't really understand my slang, and I got to. And it was a transition for me. It took me about six months to start to feel comfortable around those kinds of people. And so I'm sure that was powerful for you that you got to experience that in high school. So you probably walked into Fresno State like, oh, this is business as usual. Balance, because you know, I think I had a coach I coached with, right? And he was from down south, you know, in Mississippi, and you know, he got on staff with me at my last school, which was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, mm-hmm. and he's never even really talked much with white people at all. So, like, I had to really talk with him and tell him, like, hey, and that was even for the same thing of coaching players of the other race, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you gotta, you gotta coach different players different regardless of the skin color but you have to so that's was something that i really helped him you know develop as a person and he calls me to this day a year later like man like it helped him grow and that's what i told him when he took the job i said hey this is gonna be the best decision you made because sometimes when you just stay in your bubble it doesn't help you grow because how you gonna grow if you don't get out your bubble that's all you know so that that it definitely that transition helped me like a ton it helped me so much. That's why, you know, when I first got the call to play arena, that's that that's why it was like, you know, Midwest, uh, what? Like uh go to I was going to Grand Island, Nebraska. Like I've never heard of it. You know, <laughs> then I end up, you know, it then, then I end you, up in Iowa. Like I'm like Moines, these states, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm like these are states that I've never even like, right. you know, thought I would ever be in. And I've been in the Midwest for about six years now, you know, oh, and and it's oh, great out here, but it's just, that's why it's just good to get out your comfort zone. That's why, you know, I have a little sister. I got two nephews and a niece. And, you know, biggest deal is getting them traveling, getting them to my game exactly, so they can see exactly. different people. I mean, they was actually exactly. in Ohio, Cleveland. They was like, wow, there's more black people here. I said, yeah. I said, San Diego ain't, it ain't all kind of, we, we don't have predominantly African-Americans. Y'all got to get, <laughs> you know, more to the, like, deeper Midwest or down South. So it's good exactly. to just see different places. Because then exactly. when you get older and you have a family, you can make your choice of, where do I want my family to grow up? Exactly, you know? exactly. So, 
And uh, so that was a, so that was kind of a big deal. But I mean, that happened in recruiting. We just got off a little bit. That happened in recruiting, and then so I signed with Fresno, committed to him. You know, I love the culture. I love the coaches. You know, mm -hmm. Coach Hill was was a great head coach. He's still my mentor to this day. You know, mm -hmm. when I got this job here, I called Coach Hill. And I actually, the school I'm at right now, I played them in 2012, you know, mm -hmm. and some of the guys on the staff. So as soon as I got, you know, the opportunity, I called Coach Hill. Before I can even finish my conversation, he ain't go with me to call the head coach here, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that just, that lets you know how big, because, I mean, that was, what, this 2020, that was 2000, what, 12, 12 when I graduated. 12. It's eight years later, you know. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing that was a twist up, uh, you know, about mid-January, you know, it was a quarterback named Tate Forcier who was really talented at Michigan. Mm -hmm. He was trading snaps. Tate was trading snaps with Denard. You know, it didn't pan out. Tate didn't like it. But Tate had moved it out there early that spring. So I guess a running back fell off the board. And then Coach Rodriguez at Michigan called me and was like, hey, Robbie, we want to bring you up for a trip, you know, show you around. So that's going to offer me. So, you know, I was like, you know, wow, Big Ten. You know, like I said, I've never been really like that, like, ooh, rah, I just want a ball. Like, at right, the end right, of the day, right. just give me the ball and anybody in front. I was never, you know, the, I don't even think it was called Power Five back then. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think it was just, you know, a conference was big, but it wasn't that. But, right, I, right. of course, I knew that Michigan was a bigger school than Fresno. Like, no right, right, right. So, you know, I, I you know I thought hard about it, and you know I made I I kind of regret not taking a trip, but then again I don't because maybe if I would have took the trip, I probably would have been maybe uh, would have went to Michigan. Yeah, 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 I'd have yeah, been, been like the big house, but I'm glad I didn't go. You know, I told them appreciate it, but you know I just was I knew Coach Hill and them was committed to me, and they wanted mm. me from jump. So mm. you know I ended up going to Fresno. I don't regret it at all. You know my career, you know yeah. was was great, and I had a great time there. Yeah, yeah, and and. Ultimately, it panned out for, you know, it panned out for you to have a great uh, career. And I'm glad you talked about that because I'll segue into my next question. Uh, obviously, you know, 4,627 um, um, yards during your career, 37 touchdowns. Man, so just talk about that transition. Obviously, we, we talked about the social transition already of you going, yeah. going to high school with different uh, races of people. So you probably walked on the Fresno State campus, um, you know, a little more at ease. But mm -hmm. talk about like having a solid freshman year, and then you know your sophomore, junior, senior year, you were you were the first player in Fresno State history to rush for over a thousand yards um, for three consecutive seasons, and also catching sixty three passes your mm -hmm. your senior year. Um, talk about that kind of success, man. Like you know we don't come across that many guys for any position, whether wide receivers, running backs, yeah. quarterback that have that kind of consistent productivity, you know, on the field and not have like a season in the injury, especially with a running back, not have a season in the injury or miss two or three games for the ankle. Um, and I know you're like a super strong guy. I'm sure you probably squat, squatted a lot. You probably still squat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to work out after we get off this, actually, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> hey, hey, me too, yeah. me too. So yeah, yeah, yeah man, just yeah. talk about that success, man. So, you know, uh, just knowing that and seeing that and meeting you and knowing you more on a personal level, man, that's such a uh, great feat, and, right? And great accomplishment, yeah. man. So just. Talk about your process. Talk about you walking into that and living that every year, you know, when you accomplish those things. You know, when I first got, I've always had a chip on my shoulder. You know, I've always, and every, at every level I played at football, always, you know, was productive and, and had success, right? So, you know, when I came on to Fresno, you know, I just remember, 
you know, running backs. You know, we had Ryan Matthews, you know, who went to the Chargers oh, yeah, first round. Yeah, yeah, he's not you know, we had another running back, Lion. So, so Ryan Matthews, six foot, 220, two twenty, no, two ten. Lion Miller was about six one, two twenty five. Ran a four four. Anthony Harden was five eleven, two thirty. So these was all senior guys, and Ryan was a junior who been productive. Mm-hmm. So I walk on. I'm five six, one seventy, soaking wet from San Diego, southeast. Can't tell me nothing, you know. <laughs> can't tell me nothing at all because I'm just like, man, this is what I do. You yeah, know what I mean? It's, you're competitive, though. That's all. All you, you know. That's all you got to be. So, so like, I, I came on, and then it was crazy because when I first came in the weight room, they was like, "Hey, man, your highlight tape was cold," and I'm, I'm like, appreciate it, but I'm like, you right? Yeah, I'm thinking in my head like, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But in my head, I'm like, yeah. But like, I knew one thing I didn't. I didn't live in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like some players do, like. I never came near and was a guy like, hey, man, watch my highlight tape, blah, blah, blah. Like, I remember I went on a trip with some guys, and they was having a, you know, let's, oh, let's watch each other highlight. I ain't worried about that, man. What you going to do now? You know what right, I mean? Right, what, right, right. What, what you going to do this So, like, my first practice, you know, I was in with the rookies, freshmen. I scored, like, the first two plays. Mm. So, like, every and, and the, the rest was history, you know. Mm. I got my red shirt pulled. I didn't even know at the time because – you know, everybody, it was kind of like a no-brainer that I would redshirt. Mm-hmm. Coach Hill said I wouldn't, just he okay. knew what kind of he, – he said it. He was like, he ain't going to redshirt. But, like, looking at the room, you like, we don't need to waste his redshirt right now, you know? Right, right, right. So, I honestly didn't know I wasn't going to redshirt until, like, the game week when we playing um, – I think it was UC Davis, and they had Red Rouse, which okay. was a package. When I heard the package, I said, oh, well, I guess I'm balling. But, you know, I just seen as I kept – getting in practice, like, okay, now I'm with the white group, which was, like, second group. Okay, now I'm getting groups with the red group, you know, it was, like, the starting group. So, as I kind of started to be daddy, you know, I'm like – and then guys started asking me, like, hey, you're not red shirt? And I said, bro, your guess is good as mine. I'm just – whenever they call my number, I'm going to, you know, respond. So, that year was really, you know, was a real good year for me, just trading mm-hmm. off with, on with Ryan, who, mm-hmm. you know, he went for 1,800. You know, that's one record I couldn't get was the most rushing yards in the season. I felt right. sure he he went, he went, he went. Yeah, he dope. went crazy. I remember that. He was a he was a baller. So, you know, that was so what? that was um so that was good. The one thing like I say the adversity I had in college, because everything was pretty sweet, you know, and mm-hmm. staying healthy was but so my sophomore year coming into it, it's like now I gotta fill the shoes of Ryan. Mm-hmm. So like I've never like going home, I'm not thinking like no pressure. I'm not tripping, like cause I'm like, yeah. I'm a ball, you know. Had a great off season, you know. Had a, I had a like we had like a late game in fall. I'm like first play, I take a draw like eighty, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to get back in there, you know, because I'm thirsting to get in there. I get in there and kind of roll my ankle up, right? Okay. So we played the first game of the season. It's a sophomore year. We played Cincinnati on ESPN. First game start, I get twenty carries for forty yards. You do the math. That's not a good day at the office, right? <laughs> my ankle, Two my yards ankle was. Carry. Man, my ankle was banged up, you know, then um, and then I had messed up my collarbone, right? I had an AC sprain. Mm-hmm. So my backup came. So so my guy who was a backup had started the next game because I was out, and they played Utah State, who had Bobby Wagner there mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know Bobby, starting uh-huh. line first. And he went for like one, I think 130, you know, went for 130. So – so now, you know, coaches was giving me like oh coaches, like yeah, yeah, giving you yeah, coaches was giving me a vibes, hard time. The vibe started changing. Yeah, you know how that yeah, goes. Yeah, so coach so coaches was giving me a hard time, like, yeah, oh shoot. Like, you know, like we talked to this day, they said they knew, but they just knew that they could get to me and I would be mad. Cause I just remember like, you know, walking around campus and like my boy who ran, 
he was carrying the ball around campus. Like, I'm the man. <laughs> well, so, after, one, after one game. <laughs> right after one game. So, like, you know, I came back the third game, fourth game, just still banged up, you know, just because my ankle, I, you know, you know, my strength was making guys miss. And if uh -huh. that ankle ain't working, I ain't at my best ability. Right, so, right, right, right. you know, it was like midway through the season and we played New Mexico State. First game, I to the house. I rushed for I rushed for 180. I went for 232. I'm sorry. Then I, the next game, I went for 289. Then the next Damn. game after that, I went for 170. It was like a thousand yards in four games, like the quickest way. And then after that, it was a wrap. You know, like nothing <laughs> else. That, but I'm saying that time was the hardest I had in college, which was yeah. like you know a lot of guys have to deal with a lot. But it was just mm -hmm. that phase through those weeks where I'm dealing with the injury. It was like, mm -hmm. man, I'm trying to get back healthy. Yeah. And I'm blessed to have a pretty healthy career. Like, yeah, yeah, I ain't have no blessing. knee blowouts, no nothing. The most thing I got is, man, I didn't have three surgeries on my hand, okay. which is when you have more, have more surgeries on your hand than knees as a running back, knees I would take that. Man, especially as a running back. No ACLs, no ankles, man, that's you, no foot. Like, you know that's a blessing. So, <laughs> you know, and really, like, you know, I stand healthy. You know, of course, I trained hard. You know, I mm -hmm. took pride in it you know, in, in, in conditioning, I competed, you know, I went hard, you know, I always wanted to be the guy to win, you know, I was trying to beat everybody in, the, in, in when we conditioned, and you know, even yeah. guys that was faster than me, so I took pride in my craft, and mm -hmm. then, you know, some of it is luck that I didn't get injuries, it's just, a, a it happens, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used it's my center of gravity, I tried yeah. not to take big hits, you know, mm -hmm. I knew it was a marathon, not a race, you know, mm -hmm. so a lot of it's a blessing, you know, I, but I trained mm -hmm. hard, and I took, I took, Pride in my craft, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think, um, especially at the running back position, uh, obviously a lot of that is God given with the vision and the change of direction. But also, it it's very important, you know, the mindset of what you take into your workouts because that can that can really and truly elevate your game as far as your explosion, as far as your endurance, your muscle endurance. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, bro. Like you as an eight, like as an eighteen year old, was there any pressure you walking in and you knowing? Especially after they they announced the red routes package, and you knowing that you're not red shirt, you're gonna get some carries, you're gonna have a chance to contribute, and you splitting carries with Ryan Matthews, like this one of the best running backs in the country. He's already yeah. solidified. Everybody know he's going in the first round, and you come in as an 18 year old and you split snaps with him. Was it there? Was there any pressure, or was more so kind of like you had that like dog mentality, that kind of that that inner city San Diego mentality, like no, nah, this is this is why I'm here. I'm this is supposed to happen for me, like. It's crazy because, like, as you talk about that, I get chills right now because it just bring back that feeling. Because, like, yeah, you think, because yeah. when I think about it, and like, you know, I didn't have to have a few of these conversations the past week. Like, I had an alumni Zoom, you know, I had did a Zoom like you know, about a week ago, I had these kind of similar questions. And it was when you always being like, and I guess, you know, it's different for people. A lot of people take on that pressure, but like, like you said, that dog mentality that was always in my mind was like, this is what I do. So like Ryan was was a beast and we knew he was capable of, but Ryan never put together a full season. So that's why he left early that year, because he always battled injuries. Yeah, yeah. Just like it kind of happened in a, you know, in his in his NFL career, which he had a good career as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, you know, it was just kind of like, man, it's what I do. I'm more so look back at it now, like, dang, that was bro, I was doing it. Like, you know, like <laughs> that was like that's real. Like, yeah. like, but I used to remember it be Friday nights and 
you know, you know how you be on the road and everybody watching them games as you're in a hotel mm-hmm. and you look, you be like, dang, you don't even realize, like, bro, that's me. Because you really don't watch yourself on the TV version as much. I really right, didn't right. get a chance to. Right. You know, yeah, more so. Playing in it, you living in it and playing in it. <laughs> I lo- I low key got that when I went back home because my mom recorded them all, so I watch it like, dang, it's cool because you hear the announcers talk. But so yeah. you you so much in the zone, like, bam, exactly. game, fly back, Sunday treatment, workouts, Monday off, start you know, all over. Just, yeah, just the grind. You, yeah, it, you, know, you, know. you don't you don't really get caught up in like really. So I never. It really was no pressure. It wasn't. It was just oh, wow. let's let's do this. This is what I was yeah. born to do because you yeah. always had high expectations. So I, yeah. it's more so you look at it as that was crazy. Now that I'm right, out right of- after after the fact, but when you living yeah. in it, you just you you going with it, and like you say, like you know, what I'm saying that dog mentality, that savage mentality. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. I'm gonna take over this space and you know do what I could do. <laughs> so no yeah, question. man. Um, so talk about like your kind of your transition. You know, after you had this excellent, illustrious career at Fresno State, uh, set all these mm-hmm. records, then uh, transitioned into into the 2013 um, NFL draft. Uh, mm-hmm. What was your draft process like? Were you hearing from teams? I know you went undrafted, but were you mm-hmm. hearing from teams? Uh, uh, did you just do pro day? Did you go to combine? Talk about just yeah. that transition uh, in the two, in 2013, and then also, obviously, I went undrafted as well. Uh, talk about draft day. Talk about the emotions of maybe possibly thinking you're going to get drafted or maybe already knowing that you're going to, mm-hmm. you're not going to get drafted, but you're going to have a, a free agent deal and at least a chance, a chance to come in and compete somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, I had an agent, you know, uh, who, he set me up great. You know, I trained, um, you know, with Travell Gaines in um, Hollywood, nice setup. I mean, I was with first rounders, you know, guys who had, I was with Chance Warmack, Kyle Long, Deion Jordan, Tony Jefferson, Kenny Stills, Tony Kenny, both from Dago. I mean, my yeah. boy, Philip Thomas. I mean, I had dogs, you know what I mean? Like guys yeah. who's still playing right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played so, against Kenny Stills at Oklahoma. Yeah, he was a dog. Okay, yeah. So yeah. we, um, so going through that process was, you know, was great. You know, we was training in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, at the nice spot. You know, you can't complain. You're getting your little, you know, your per diems from your agent, man. You're just living a good life. You're living exactly. a dream. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, inv- I was invited to the uh, NFLPA All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was looking forward to that. You know, a week prior to the senior bowl, Monty Ball drops out. I get the senior bowl invite. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know you played the like, senior bowl. Okay. So I'm like, boom. So now one thing I do regret in my training. So my senior year, I messed up my ankle versus Air Force, right? And you know, I played in my bowl game, didn't finish it because my ankle wasn't at full strength. So my bowl game was December 24th, right? Because it's the Hawaii Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I started training January 2nd, right? And you want to take wanted, a week off. I wanted to get going. I should have chilled because my ankle wasn't at full strength, right? Mm-hmm. So I went, I ended up getting invited to the senior bowl, and it was like, bro, I'm not not going to the senior bowl. You know, like right, right, that's right, just right. not happening. So I went to yeah. the senior bowl and I was about a, you know, honestly, like 85, 90. You know, when I and maybe lower than that. If I don't have my strength in my ankle to do what I do, that takes away from my game. You know, exactly, exactly. I even wore the Cam Newton cleats because I was like, I need extra ankle support. Like uh-huh, uh-huh. it was that how much. So the Senior Bowl was a great experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the Raider staff, and I had Kelly Skipper as my running back coach, which his brother Tim Skipper recruited me at Fresno. Oh right? wow, nice. His dad is also the NFL running back coach, and to this day. Me and um, Kelly Skipper, who with the Bills right now, we still have a relationship. Of so, course, I course. mean, you can't, you know, you can't regret that because you form great relationships. I mean, I remember 
being getting done with a pass pro drill, and I look to the right, and all I see is Mike Tomlin. Like, you know, <laughs> so those are stuff you can't and, – and I remember yeah. Charles Davis, you know, yeah. came up to me and was like, hey, you know, I, I, you a baller, dude, and I'm glad you're here. You know, so, like, yeah, yeah. hearing that, it, 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 it made it surreal, and it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, you always felt like you would be there. So, like, it's eye-opening, but it's like – But it's like, man. yeah, I'm here now, yeah. So, so the senior bowl, you know, senior bowl wasn't bad. It was cool, you know. You know, um, then I combine, invited to the combine as well. Got that in December, you know. That was like, man, combine. Like, uh, you know, you oh, know. I'm here. Right, so you I'm know here. we grew up watching that every year. <laughs> so, you know, we knew we here. So, um, you know, go to the combine. Um, I remember, you know, we wake up that morning. We get to the combine. I see everybody, bro. But it was so much love, like, because everybody re- respect because you see each other balling. Right, so it's right, right. really like, you know, it's a few guys I met where you're like, ah, y'all won't mess with them. But I mean, that's just like people in the world, you know, right? So you can't, I, you can't, and football players or athletes get looked at different just because they're in a bigger microscope. Some mm-hmm. people are just good people. Some people are bad people. You know, that's just life though. Exactly. So exactly. the senior bowl is a great experience. I never forget, you know, Tavon Austin was my year, you know, and Tavon was a dog. Cause I remember yeah, he got one of the best highlight tapes in high school I've seen. Besides, yeah. of course, Reggie Bush, San Diego home. I forgot to, yeah, I said Bush. So I remember Tavon, he ran a 4 2 5 that morning. It was high. Mm-hmm. I said, Tavon, I said, bro, bro, what you do? I said, bro, what you do? He was like, man, you know what? I got down. I said, forget what the trainer told me. And I just ran. Now I know, <laughs> Tavon, you're fast, you know? So it was like, you can't fast as fast, you know? Right, right, right. So, you know, I went to the combine, you know, didn't run the best 40, you know, which okay. was I was going to make my money off of because that's what they want to see from a running back, you know? Exactly, exactly. Now, you know, all the other drills was really good, mm-hmm. you know? So after I didn't run the best 40, you know, I, you know, I think I bulked up a little bit too much trying to just get out of my comfort zone as far as mm-hmm. senior bowl. Yeah. So, um, you know, then we had pro day, you know, my pro day, I put up good numbers, you know, yeah, like yeah, you ran faster, you ran faster, yeah, pro like, day, a, yeah. like a four, four, five, four, four, five, six, you know, where ideally I felt, you know, and I, you know, and, and it felt good. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe that would be the, you know, the clear, cause I'm a realist, you know, I know how it is. You know, I know when I ran that, I was like, ah, that's not what you want. So, you know, um, so that was that. So prior to the draft, honestly, I probably say 28 teams called me, bro. 28 wow. teams called me. Wow. Call me, hey, Robbie, this is such and such for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just calling you, blah, blah, blah. There was one, it was the running back coach. 28? Wow. 28. Coach Sageless called me from the Vikings. Like, hey, Robbie. That was the only position coach that called me, like, okay. prior to it. Of course, I had, like, um, you know, we do the speed dating thing. Like, you know, speed dating with all the running back coaches at the Combine, which was dope. Yeah, you, you, know, just, you go around and, and talk to people, talk football, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, Eric Bieniemy, right? Eric Bieniemy, who's like the uh, OC at the Chiefs right now. So he was a head coach of Colorado. You know, uh, my senior year, that was a game I broke the record. So like we was real cool. You know, we mm. we still cool. So uh, it was good to you know really get a chance to meet him. Especially, I mean, he even had so much success with his career right now. So you know, did that stuff. You know, had a good um, day at pro day. Mm. So then prior to the draft, you know, you know, I'm at my mom's house. I have a few people over. Like I said, I, you know, there was something, you know, there was things that had me as like a top hundred player, you know, mm-hmm. top hundred player. Mm-hmm. But there's so much stuff on the internet, you know. Right, right, I was right, like, right. I was rated. Honestly, I started rated like the number 26 back. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up being like number 12, you know. Okay. So okay. seeing stuff like that, you like, I mean, yeah, it's, and, it's a, it's and, a and just get why, up. 
and watching film and being a realist with yourself, like, okay, I'm better than him. Okay, that dude's a dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he mm-hmm. ran that, like, he that size. So, you know, I felt like, you know, I'd be all right, but mm-hmm. it's the So, you know, senior bowl pass, I'm at the uh, draft go by. That was my first draft I've ever watched every single pick. Right, you know, right. Same every here. single, every. I mean, I mean, I mean, from start to finish. I mean, from watching from, the TV, looking at your phone. I mean, everything, right? Making so, sure you got service. So I mean, I, I mean, and you know, now I I, I I like it, so I still watch it. But that was the first time ever in my life that I watched past the first round. You know, usually we watch first two, three. All right, I'm out. You know, but like going through that, it makes you realize, dang, that guy got drafted in the fifth. He's a good player. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it really made you see the like you know, look ins and out of football. So I didn't uh-huh. get drafted. So, you know, um, oh, that was devastating. That was a gut wrencher right there. That was like, oh man. So what, what, what made it worse is that like, I wasn't like a, uh, I can't think of the word, preferred free agent or something like that. Priority, priority you know? free agent. Pri- priority free agent. So I still didn't get signed right after the draft. So I'm like, bro, what? Like, first of all, I didn't get drafted. Now I'm not even a priority free agent. Okay. Right, right. They got me big twisted. So like <laughs> I was in San Diego, you know, uh, my girlfriend at the time, I would, we, I, I next morning I cut out, let's go to I, Fresno. I wanted to get, get away, just get to Fresno, man. I just need to clear my head. Like, right. you know, my mom understood. I was just like, dude, like, yeah. you know, devastated, but I was like, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the um, Vikings, Coach Sazers called me like, kind of during the draft like hey i don't know if we get to draft you but i want to bring you you know mm-hmm. so i was like cool so they still didn't sign me so they brought me for like you know trial purposes you know it went good and stuff like that you know but you know this other running back dude was like four three he was fast bradley randall my mm-hmm. guy you know, i think they ended up signing him so that was that so then now the next um the next week i'm just you know back in fresno grinding just mm-hmm. waiting mm-hmm. you know the cowboys want to bring me up I'm like America's team. I'm like, you know, yeah. Jerry Jones, the kind of guy shoot regardless if he like, if you fall in love with you, do you set, you know, like, you know, it's those certain type of people who exactly. don't always let the certain type of measures or stuff like that get you, yep. you know? Yep. 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 So while I'm on my way to Dallas, as I'm taking off the Cleveland Browns call me, like, Hey Robbie, like I'm literally like taking off. Hey Robbie, blah, blah, blah. Um, you, where you headed this week? I'm like headed to Dallas. He's like, they signed you. I was like, no, they was like, well, we want to sign you. I'm like, I'm about to take off, call my agent. So, bam. So, they like, um, by the time, and then I landed in my layover spot in Arizona. By the time, when I landed, my agent already told Dallas, I'm not coming, and I already signed with Cleveland. Well, like, you know, set that up for that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. now, my bags is shifted. I'm not going to Dallas no more. I'm going, going to Cleveland, Cleveland now. <laughs> so, now I'm signed with Cleveland. Yeah. I go to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice, too. I did like Cleveland. So, I went out there. So I went to Cleveland, the rookie mini camp. I'm signed. I mean, I'm getting – I mean, I remember, like, after the first day, I get interviewed. It's You know, it's like 20 mics. I'm like, bro, I'm here. Like, you know, like, I'm like – like, I remember coming out I'm in the, I'm in the out league. And, I'm in the league. Yeah, I remember coming out of the, uh, that, like, practice after – and I call my boys, like, bro, I'm here. Like, you know what I mean? I'm in my hotel. I go to the little um, – the little eating spot. I'm like, I need steak with a little shrimp. They cook uh-huh. it live. Boo, boo, boo. Uh-huh. You know, right in front of you. So uh-huh. I'm like, bro, this is real deal. Like, uh-huh. this is crazy. And then it's funny because somebody asked me, I said, like, hey, Robbie, you seen the movie Draft Day? And I was like, honestly, you know, Draft Day was filmed while I was out in Cleveland. And uh-huh. to this day, I still haven't watched it because it made me think about getting cut, you know? So, <laughs> so, 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 like, because I remember uh, everybody was talking about because a girl who was filming, they was like, oh man, she's a smoke show. I don't even remember who, who's a girl in draft day, but um, 
So that was that. So Cleveland, um, I was there for about maybe a month or so. I ended up getting released from there. Mm-hmm. You know, I got released, was able to make my sister wed in. I got graduated the same week. So it was, and I was still on the Browns that week. So it was, it was a great week. It was graduation, sister wedding. I'm in the NFL. I mean, it was like, bro, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. there in the yeah. league just That's at the wedding. Like, like, you know what I mean? You just, <laughs> and you walked across like stage. It's like, bro, this is life. Like, Everything that I wanted to accomplish is here mm-hmm. in my mom. She couldn't smile any harder, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a four-circle moment for you. So, so you know, I ended up getting cut there. And then, um, you know, I didn't want to go to the CFL. BC Lions had my rights because of the fact, like, you know, I want to get back to the league. After getting a taste and seeing, you know, there really isn't – the competition really isn't that far off. You know, you got mm-hmm. your animals, you know, your J.J. Watts, your Julio Jones, mm-hmm. the specimens. But besides that – it could vary. It's based yeah, yeah, on who's yeah, going right. to outwork it. That's how you see right. guys, you know, like I say, Adam Thielen, you know, uh-huh. you know, who, Start from who the bottom came from a D2 and, and yeah. just got it, you know, got it in and worked at his craft. So, mm-hmm. you know, end up not getting, um, not picked up. And then I was ready to go back to the CFL. But then the you Patriots. for BC or Edmonton? B, no, so BC Lions had my rights, okay. but I didn't declare. So the Patriots bought me in for a workout, like, a month before August, because I was ready to go to CFL, because I'm like, bro, forget this, I want a ball. Mm-hmm. But then once the Patriots called, now me and my agent was like, well, like, if people see that the Patriots brought you in, like, that's going to open some eyes. So maybe mm-hmm. we should wait a little bit. At the same time, your agents won't wait, because, you know, they only go get money off of your actual contract. But exactly. I'm still, like, I'm always aiming for the best. So, exactly. you know, I end up waiting a little bit. Then I end mm-hmm. up, you know, going to Edmonton, you know, and was out there. But... I declared my right so late. I was there for like the last four games mm-hmm. on the practice squad. I mean, I was having good practices, killing it. Kind of messed up my hammy a little bit, trying to gas it on on kickoff. Yeah, scout, yeah. I was trying to get out there, messed up my <laughs> hammy. But, you know, finished that. You know, our team was terrible. You know, then when we went to Braden in Florida, you know, that next um, spring, I ended up getting released. It was a whole new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of seen the running backs as more of a – they wanted bigger backs, you know, because mm-hmm. it's three downs to, you know, block and stuff like that. So I ended up getting released. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't play football for that whole year. That was one of the worst years, like, I had to go through. That I was 2014, 14, right? 14, yeah, 14, yeah. yeah. So I didn't play that year. So, bro, that was one of the toughest years. You know, I was away from home. Mm-hmm. I was not playing ball. You know, something, I was working something at Something that you had played your whole life. Yeah. So uh, no football season. So, you know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. Like my boy Phil was with the Redskins and like, I was right down the road, like right, I was in Baltimore at the time. And I was like, you know, I didn't even go to a game at first. Cause it was just, it ate me up. It ate me up and it's like, and he understood cause he know how much I let a game. So it was no love lost, you know, yeah. I just, I couldn't let it go, you know, cause now I had a taste of it. So, you know, that was one of the toughest times of my life just dealing with yeah. that, you know. So man, same here. I- it had got to the point for me, like, I couldn't even really watch, like, the NFL. I could watch college, but I couldn't even really watch the NFL because I would just be looking at the passers. I'd be looking at the the, the rest linebackers thinking, like, man, I, like, you know you know how it is, man, I'm better than him. Right? Man, I should be out you there. see guys. I have the opportunity, or, you know what I mean? You know, and you see guys who, you know, dominated. You know, like, I got guys I play with, like, you know, Derek Carr, DC, who I, you know, my guy, and he, like, bro, you, like, I don't. Like, you can play. You know, yeah. I got Devontae Adams, who's a baller. Like, yeah. bro, you could be here. So, like, and you know it, but just to hear that from guys who's there just justifies even more. It's just, like, exactly. eats it up. So, exactly. it used to be the same I didn't play that. Me. 
I didn't play that whole year, right? So then, like, uh, oh yeah, then so you, this then you played Nebraska, right? Then went to Nebraska. Yeah, so 2014, I was, um, I did get a call. So it was mini camp that year after by the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Baltimore, I buy the Raiders. So DC just got drafted. So they're like, hey, uh, Robbie, we want to bring you in. Blah 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 blah. Right? Call me. I'm at a baby shower. I'm like. Bam, I'm like, bam, I got to go home. Let's pack up. Let's roll. I'm going to Oakland. They go see my chemistry with D.C. Done, dada. Bro, they literally called me 30 minutes later like, sorry, we didn't know that you were so far. Never mind. And, and, oh, they and, thought you was like already in California or something. Yeah. But okay. my aunt, like, bro, what's the difference in the plane ride? I'm going to be there, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, bro. Now, you know how that goes, just the politics of it, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe something else came about. Like, let's be real. So, bro, mm-hmm. that had me. I think I might have, bro. I might have shed a tear on that one, bro. I was like, yeah. bro, that hurt. Yeah. So, that one hurt. Especially because you had an opportunity to be with your guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 2014 had already been a rough year for you. So, you, that's giving you kind of a light light at the end of the tunnel kind of vibe and then for it to be taken away 30 minutes later like so fast it's like damn like <laughs> it was crazy so then i um so then yeah i had cfl tryouts set up so the first it was in it was in buffalo so i had three lined up right three lined out like trial purposes right i go to the first one bro run a 40 bam i'm 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 moving pull my hamstring bust on me bam like i fall I fall like you know, slide into just just give out on me. Mm. So that 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 was terrible. And then I couldn't do the other tryouts. I couldn't. So now it's like, bro, I'm just like, dude, I can't catch a break. You know. Mm-hmm. So I got the hamstring injury due to overtraining because I wanted it so bad, bro. Mm-hmm. But no, then I got with a real. I want. I mean, bro, I was like, I was literally get up at six a.m. work six a.m. workout. Then I was working like a construction job, bro, like outdoors. I ain't never did work with my hands in my life. My mom, we lived in an apartment, so we ain't cut trees or nothing. Right, so I'm right. doing a construction job, and then after I get off, I work out again. So, bro, I was grinding. Going, like, going crazy, it was going hard. Grinding. So then I got with a trainer, and I got it together. And then, you know, I got a call from, you know, Nebraska and stuff. And then I'm like, bro, I ain't never heard of this league in my life, dude. Right, what right, right. It? I was like, you know what? I said, because when I think of uh, like the, um, the only in- indoor I knew was AFL, right? Uh, uh, Which was the Barnstormers where they played in. And all they do is look like they got big fullbacks back there. I'm like, bro, I'm not about to take. I said, I'm not about to take on guys running at me like a full on car crash all day. You know, like that was what I thought. You know, I was like, okay, maybe they want me to come play slot. Right. So, you know, I looked at, um, I actually looked at my boy Troy Evans. I, we cool now, but I didn't know. But I watched Troy play at Nebraska. His highlights, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Bro, they running a little inside zone, a little outside." Yeah. Okay, yeah. sign me up. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. So then I go to Grand Island. You know, it's cool, really good team. Mm-hmm. But man, it was a lot going on. Grand Island was one of the. You know, I couldn't get no service. I was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it yeah. was like Grand I Island, said, Nebraska. I said, <laughs> "Man, I don't know if I could do this." So I was like, you know. And then it was another guy that was on the team, right? It was um, Wayman James, who was a baller at running back, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm there at Nebraska. Me and Wayman are trading off every week because Wayman was a baller too, baller. So we trading off every week. Wayman play, I play, Wayman play. I said, Coach, I can't do this. I can't do this. I didn't come here to do this. Like, you know, like I'm coming here to uh, move on with my career, you know, for my career. Further my career. I don't play, I'm missing out on opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, man, Robbie, you know, I didn't want, you know, teams have been asking to do this, 
blah, blah, blah. That's how I go to the Barnstormers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I went to the Barnstormers and, you know, that's how we met. And yeah, that's how we met, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was a good time. You, you, you played know. there for two years, two years, right? Yeah, like at one and a half because I came for that last year. So okay. we finished it, you know, and, and we, you know, we, we had a, a pretty good finish. Then my next year, we're starting out and we got a good squad. I mean, we got mm-hmm. talent, bro. We got mm-hmm. talent. And, you know, like, the, like that's the, the year you went to Sioux Falls and y'all ended up playing the Barnstormers in like in the in the championship, right? No, we played uh, we played the um, we played the Rattlers, but okay, we did okay. play Sioux Falls in the playoff. I mean, we played uh, the Barnstormers. So then my second, so my second season, I was we was at practice, you know, at the little indoor with the nets, right? Mm-hmm. And my hand got caught on it, and I, I I thought it was like a jam finger, but I messed up a bone in my hand. So I had to miss like practically a good part of that second season, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I was I, I I was heated, you know, I was heated, blah blah blah, and then because just because we had a good team and stuff like yeah, that, right. and it was funny because Sioux Falls had reached out to me going into my second year, like, hey, come here, and I was like, maybe I might, and then I was like, you know what, I don't want to go there. I, they the Patriots, bro. I want to beat them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. you know, that's like the Patriots, Patriots right? So like, yeah, yeah, so I'm like, bro, I want to beat them. So then we did that year, and then I was like, bro, I got one more year, dude. Right, right. I'm, I needed to be in the best exactly. situation. Get a championship and then walk away. Yeah, or right, get moved forward. I ain't really championship, of course, you always want that, that, but I'm trying to move up. So I go to Sioux Falls, you know, great team, great atmosphere. You know, you're getting on your road. You know, the Jaguars called me, like Jaguars called my coach about me. You know, that was like first time I heard some league in a minute called about me and stuff. Yeah. That was good. Never ended up getting signed. So, you know, I finished that year with the Storm. You know, we won like 15 and one great year championship. Of course, you know, of course. All, all that, you know, <laughs> took care of business, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And then, um, you know, but the midst of those two years, um, when I was playing arena, right, I was going back home and coaching at my alma mater, Madison. Okay, okay. So I will, I will play in the spring, coach in the fall. So okay. I did that for two years. So okay. then after my last year with the Storm, I was like, all right, I'm done. Hang the cleats up. I ain't do no dramatic posts like, hey, hang them up. I just was like, yeah, bro, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm done. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. I, I didn't even do that because it it's already emotional enough. I didn't need any more emotion, you know? Man, so I was just like. I'm so glad you talked about that because that, that, that was actually my next question. Like the day, because you, I mean, that's super dope that you kind of had an action plan. You had a good plan, like, in place. So you were, you were still actively playing, like you say, in the spring, but then you was coaching in the fall. Like, so you was touching both entities, right? So I'm yeah. sure your transition was probably a little easier because you was already coaching for two years. But yeah. the day when you said, you know, after y'all won that championship and you already been coaching for two years, the day you said, man, this is, this is it. Like, I'm <laughs> done playing. I'm, I'm – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm washing my hands with it. I'm throwing it over here, and I'm going to segue to my, the next part of my life. And like you said, it was already emotional time. Just give me some details, man, about, about that, especially because, you know, as a California product, like, you had so, so much success, right? And, and, you, and, you made, and you made it to the NFL. You put that NFL helmet on. You was able to compete yeah. for a while and still hear from teams and have those workouts. So that day when it was just like, all right, man, this is it. Was it hard? I like to say it was emotional, but you kind of, you were, like I said, you kind of had a good plan. So just talk about that a little bit. So, you know, Coach Riggs, you know, he always does a sit down. That's a Sioux Falls Storm head coach. You know, do the sit down because he kind of let guys know, okay, want to bring you back, blah, blah, blah. So Riggs had a Riggs Academy, right? He still does in Sioux Falls. 
you know, he kind of seen how I worked well. You know, he's seen my leadership abilities. He's seen my coaching. So he let me coach at the academy. And I did great stuff there. So after my season passed, I was still in Sioux Falls for like a month, just living, still had the spot, mm-hmm. coaching with him, you know, it was good opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was kind of, you know, just kind of, you know, undecided, you know, undecided right now what I was going to do. I was just tired of the back and forth game, you know, with playing and then going back home. Because, you know, my first year before I started coaching, bro, I went on like 10 interviews just in the real world. Like, bro, like, I mean, I'm all kind of – This is Bro, first time I've ever did – like, I'm on job indeed. I'm doing interviews in San Diego. Uh-huh. I'm like, bro, I'm like, this is different. You know, I had got a job at L.A. Fitness – I'm working there. So I was working at LA Fitness for like, you know, a little bit. Like that was a job I took because, you know, I wanted to be some fitness, something, you know, just like I know you do with your fitness. I'll be seeing you. Oh, yeah, you know that. But then I ended up getting a job at Madison and, you know, was working, you know, as a teacher, you know, with the special ed. So that I ended up getting that and that's how I got a job at the school. So that was good because I was around the kids. I was coaching. I was like, okay. I always knew I was going to coach. Like that was a no-brainer for me. I knew when I hung him up, I was still going to be a ball coach. I've always, you know, thought that. So, you know, going through that, I just thought to myself, I was in Sioux Falls, literally. I'm chilling. I said, man, somebody told me about the football school. I said, man, I need a coach in college. Bro, I literally put together my resume. And because it was like, we end in like July, bro. Mm-hmm. So, like, like it was like, yeah, we end like, you know, late June. You know, you make it late, late June. So, like, yeah. bro, I'm, like, midway through July. I'm, like, bro, I want to coach college now. You know, and, you know, all you know, you're trying to get to places. But a lot of jobs just filled up at that time. They're ready yeah, for camp. Definitely. So yeah. I hop on Indeed. Camp is right around the corner. Bro, any 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 school that has some kind of running back offense, bro, I was applying. Boom, 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 boom. Applying. You know, St. Scholastica called me. Uh, coach Rambler called me. And he hired me, like, August 8th, bro. Few days before wow. camp, wow. I hop on. I literally, you know, I literally packed my stuff up, hopped on a bus, bro, and I'm on a bus up to Duluth, Minnesota. Never been in Duluth, and didn't care. Knew I was coaching ball. Yeah. You know, he gave me the job as a skinny skills coordinator. I was coaching running backs, receivers, tight ends, and you know, was and, and what school? Three. What school was this? Saint Scholastica. So it was okay, a Division Three. Okay. Okay. So now. This was like what I really enjoyed as far as, you know, where I've been through because, you know, playing D1, bro, you really don't know a lot of schools outside of FBS, honestly. You exactly, don't, exactly. you know, I do appreciate it, you know, because arena, like, you know, think of a player like Javis Jones, who was, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, came from mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I think a Javis really small like school, D2 yeah. or NAI. He played yeah. from a really small school, but bro was a baller, baller for like, yeah. You know, he could have he could have played at Fresno with me, bro. He has some easily. guys that he's better than, and I'm sure easily. he played at Iowa with some dudes that was scholarship. So easily, easily. So <laughs> I already appreciate it, you know, um, from D2 to D3 to NAI because I played with guys that were good players in arena from that. Mm-hmm. So it made me respect that. So going to St. Scholastica and, you know, working with kids who, you know, they knew, you know, that they were going to be doctors, nurses, lawyers, yeah, and yeah. et cetera. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to get this last itch out with ball. I'm, they're not, right. ball's not paying a nickel for me and I'm balling. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I respected that. You know, yeah, that's, like, dope. Hey, that's dope. That's dope. That's how you know they really love the game. They really just like the game. It made me appreciate because I remember with a guy at Fresno one day, you know, I, you know, I'm a big Madden guy. And he like, bro, how can you just go home and do football after doing football here? I said, bro, what? You don't do football? You don't watch it? He said, 
man, after here, I don't even think about football. And that made me think, like, damn, everybody don't love the game like that. Like that, and that was freshman year. That made me realize, like, bro, everybody don't love it. And it, it ain't for everybody, you know? Right, right. So going there, you know, was a great experience. And then, you know, just networking. That's how I got back to Sioux Falls and coached at, you know, Augustana, which was a D2. So now I'm D3 to D2. D3 to D2, you moving on up, moving so, on so, up. So, it, <laughs> so, you know, you moving up, but you're seeing all kind of different divisions and teams. Uh-huh. and. Thank you respect you see St. John, St. Thomas, you know, mm-hmm. which is really good, really good division three schools. Then, you know, I get to division two at Augie, you know, and, uh, you know, St. Glass was a great bro- program. Augie, great as well. Great coaching staff, great kids. You know, we went seven and four my first year. The next year it was nine and two and we made it to the playoffs, which was mm-hmm. last year. So I coached there two years and, you know, that was a great experience. And then mm-hmm. this getting this job here at um, UND the past, mm-hmm know past um, March so it's been a whirlwind but like you know I think the biggest deal for guys is just athletes and that's kind of been the biggest deal you know I um, you know one of my good friends you know uh, who's a girl her name Jalen she's kind of starting like a uh, kind of like life that f- after after sports not just football you know right. for sports for right. athletes because honestly that's like one of the we deal with the biggest depression you know and I'm you know, after you. you get out that <laughs> limelight some people can't you. handle it, bro. They, you, they mean, don't know who they really are. They don't know who they are other than whatever respective sport they did. They don't know who they are outside of that. They have no identity. So, like, you ain't walking. When you walk down the street somewhere, you ain't the same LeBron who was walking down the street with that Iowa jersey. When right, I'm walking right. down the street, I'm not Robbie Rouse no more with the number eight jersey. You know, exactly, that exactly. that's old now. You know, that's right. old. So, so, like, you know, my best advice is for people to find their best niche, and that's why it's about – you know, finding that major and just finding what you want to do. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't, Greg, I, if I could still be in the league right now, I'll be in the league. I get my drive through my players. Right, I'll right. be a fool to say I wouldn't want to play on Sundays right now. But exactly. it didn't happen. But now my career, I'm blessed. You know, I've done, you know, so much than what a lot of people dream to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was just the biggest deal. But, man, it's been a great journey, great ride. Now yeah, it's, uh, that's super dope, man, because I, uh, you know, I've, I've interviewed one of my guys, uh, Don Shepard. He, He's like a uh, offensive assistant for Arizona Cardinals in the league, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, another guy, offensive analyst for Michigan State. And you mm-hmm. hear all these different coaches, like the way they moved up. And uh, a lot of times, you know, they have the GA somewhere, some uh, in some in some form, do a graduate assistant. But it's super dope to hear, you know, um, your trajectory because you started off Division three school, then you know you went to a Division two school, did two years, and then now I'm sure. It's kind of a force like a moment for you to finally be back in, in at Division One in which you played, but at the same time, not diminishing or looking down on Division Two or Division Three. Because like you said, you spent time there and you have the utmost, if not more, respect for those players because they already know most of them, they don't even have the drive. They don't even want to play professionally. They just really, really love the game. They know that they already know they're going to have to do something else to be able to sustain and take care of themselves. So. That's just a super dope, like, uh, uh, trajectory of your journey because it's, it's different. No question. No question. Like, that, that, you know, I'd rather coach a kid who love, who, who love the game any day. Mm-hmm. And, there, and I've never been, you know, felt like I was too good enough to, 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 like I said, get out of my comfort zone. Like, you know, you got some guys who, like, I only want to coach D1. I only want to do yeah. this. But yeah. I want to coach ball. Yeah. You know, I want to coach ball, you know. Right. And whatever opportunities I get, you know, that present themselves, whatever, but I just wanted to coach. So mm-hmm. those opportunities presented it, 
I attacked him and, and was mm-hmm. and, and was the best coach I could possibly be. And, and that's going to continue to move forward in my career. So right, right, right. that's like, and I always, and I had another thing where I talked on, um, like had a live time and I was just, you know, advising coaches, bro, take advantage of wherever, just coach ball. Mm-hmm. Just coach mm-hmm. ball, just, just get out. That energy in. yeah, yeah. Because it don't, it, the ball better. don't change. The yard lines don't change. None yeah. of it changes. Wow. You know, it, it's all going to be the same at the end of the day regardless of what logo you got on, you know, exactly. a lot of guys go to coaching conventions and you can see them just, Ooh, Ooh, okay. Oh, Clemson. Oh, bam, bam. bro. Talk ball. You got great coaches right. everywhere. You know, right, everywhere. I talked talk to some great coaches, you know, who, who was at lower divisions and mm-hmm. I talked who's really smart. And I talked to some guys at higher division. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, and, and it's like, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. And I'm not saying I know everything. Uh, every year, every year, every day, you know, I grow as a coach, you know, so, and that's something that's always going to happen. So. Always. Yeah. Um, so I have a segment on the pod called the coach's corner. So obviously, you know, you've been playing um, since, since pop Warner um, talk about yeah. like the best advice you ever got from a coach, whether it was pop Warner, high school, middle school, um, NFL, CFL arena, um, you know, us as players, we've been coached by so many different coaches and mentors and stuff like that. But it's always yeah. one to two or three things that someone said that really just stick with you and you kind of remember, you know, for the rest of your life and take Man. it on. No question. You know, I had a uh, – so my um, freshman year of uh, college at Fresno, you know, first semester wasn't the best. You know, I was, you know, loving it up a little too much. You know, true freshman playing, I was feeling myself. I'm yeah. not going to lie you, know. So, you know, so there was things that, you know, things that happened and stuff like that, you know, let, let's not sugarcoat it. So, okay. you know, Coach, it was John Baxter, right? Okay. You know, and he, and he does AGP academic game plan. You know, he's been, he was at Fresno, he's been at USC, Michigan, I mean, great. Okay. You know, and he always told us life lessons. And, you know, and I use this on my guys to this day, mm-hmm. you know, just about, you know, how to manage your time. My biggest deal is, you know, not, you know, I want to make you the best football player ever, but I want to turn you from a boy to a man. You know, I want to mm-hmm. I want to give you skills that's going to help you on life to move mm-hmm. forward, right? right? So he told me this one quote. He said, don't trade what you want most for what you want at the moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's always stuck with me because he like, Robbie, you know, I know how much football means to you, but at the moment, you might want to go do this. You might want to go do that. Mm-hmm. But is that going to help you to what you want most? Right, ultimately, right. So... That was that 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 was the one of the realest. You know, I've heard some good stuff, but that's a quote that stuck with me forever. Cause that that's real. Cause that's how people is in life. Hey man, I want to be this. I want to be that. But bro, what did, did you? Were you first in sprints? Were you getting in the weight room? Or right. is it Saturday and you out doing X Y Z? You know, right. no no right. question. You got to have your life and I enjoy it. I'm gonna tell my guys enjoy yourself. Be smart. You know, that's part of, of it. But at of the course. same time, you can't trade what you want most for what you want at the moment. You know. Right, right. Oh, that's man, that's powerful. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah, but I, but, I, but, but, but I see why that stuck with you. And and yeah. obviously you 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 know you held that uh, close and true to your heart. Um, so I always end you know the pod with the same question. You know, uh, us as athletes again, all of our experience, twenty plus years of experience. Um, yeah, wins, losses, uh, ups, downs, pain, sorrow, just through injuries, not you know, fighting through injuries, just all that stuff. We all, like I said at the beginning, have an after effect. You know, s- some good things is a part, are, is a part of our after effects, some bad things. Um, yeah. What would you say 
uh, your after effect is of just of your entire career, some life lessons that you would take with you and hold close to your heart and, you know, obviously teach your players and uh, teach your future kids and just all those things. What, what, is it, what is Robbie Rouse's after effect? You know, my after effect, and it's crazy. So, um, you know, Fresno State's head coach right now, Kalen DeBoer, you know, we actually had a Zoom the other night, and it was our era, right, our right. decade, right? So yes. you know, it was about 17 on us from where I played. You know, and, you know, it's just crazy to just hear everybody, you know, what they got most out of their career and mm -hmm. everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, one thing is big that I try to teach my players is relationships. You know, it's really important that you develop relationships, you know, with your with your fellow teammates, because these are going to be your best friends. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just call that. These are going to be like I didn't had. I didn't been invited to about numerous weddings. I've been mm -hmm. in numerous weddings from guys I played college with. Mm -hmm. So the biggest is relationships. Like, mm -hmm. because when, you know, you even know when you talk back with your boys, rarely it's about a game. You right, know, right, like, hey, right. bro, you remember fourth quarter when we scored on a game winner? No, right. you remember, bro, when we roasted, what's the name in the locker room? Or uh -huh, we was uh -huh. at the cafeteria. Those are the locker room vibes, yeah. So that's why that's fresh on me. So really, it outfit is just relationships, you know, because, you know, now I see, you know, I'm in a Zoom. You got my boy, Philip, who has a kid. My boy, Josh Harper, who, you know, who's working and ha has a kid. My boy, boy bro, Fryer, who who was, you seen a firefighter truck in his background because he's a fireman. So, like, mm -hmm. just seeing everybody. And, and, and now, yeah, like, you know, that's a, I say that's the positive effect of social media, just because even though you don't talk with everybody every day, yeah. I feel like I'm so in tune. Like I know exactly. you've been exactly. on your, I know you've been on your grind, your businessman, your swole stuff, just from following you. You know uh -huh, what I'm saying? Uh -huh, it's uh -huh. like vice versa. <laughs> of course, you did your homework to get ready for this, and but you've mm -hmm. been seeing me through my course through social media. So uh -huh. relationships is the biggest deal. Yeah, you know, I agree. As far as getting that from college, like yeah. that's just what it is, and that and like. That Zoom, honestly, you know, when we all called each other after we got off with the head coach, like, bro, it got me ready to go back to college. Like, because, like, yeah. those times is just, best times is your life, arguably. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny that you speak about that because, you know, um, I'm sure you've been tuned in since you've been at North Dakota uh, since March. Uh, you know, in, in, over the summer, my alma mater, the University of Iowa, you know, was in the news uh, for a while, right? Uh, yeah. to like racial disparities and you know a yeah. lot of players coming out giving details individual details about their experiences at Iowa and then you know I ended up kind of giving my take about my experiences talking about some things that uh you know I never really wanted to say to the public because I didn't want to be looked at as like a guy that was ungrateful or you know things like that but yeah. after all those guys it was like oh, 60 plus stories we had a we had a big zoom but it wasn't with the head coach. It was literally all the black players from my era, from 2007, 2011, from 2013 to 2017. Some, yeah. players, some players from like 95, 97, 98, 2000, 2002. Literally like yeah. 60 people on a Zoom call. And like okay. you said, like, like, you, uh, like you attest to, um, just to hear all these different guys' stories from a player in 95 to a player in 2000. 16 when they went to the Rose Bowl to hear about what they got out of the university and mm -hmm. you know how these kind of more predominantly white schools, division one schools, um, can create more inclusion for black athletes. So when they yeah. come in from these inner cities, they feel more not at, not not at home, because obviously it's a new environment, but yeah. they feel more of a safe space, right? To be themselves 
and to still like try to attain greatness, but not having to like conform to kind of like a certain kind of way on how to act, can't really yeah. be themselves. And yeah. they walk away from the university, whether they get, get their degree or not, still with kind of a bitter taste in their mouth because, yeah. you know, they, they feel like, you know, they didn't get the most out of it or they didn't get the support that they needed and stuff like that. So I thought that was interesting when you spoke about the Zoom meeting, because we yeah. had the Zoom meetings as well. And mm-hmm. to piggyback on your relationships of your after effect, I think that's so powerful because it's like, like you said, um, your teammates are your brothers and and now uh, us being like, uh, well, I, I know you ain't hit 30 yet, but you almost there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, already yeah, 31. Yeah. I got one more year, man. I got one yeah, more yeah, year. You, yeah, yeah. You, you close. You're you going to see how your body starts feeling different after 30, man. Tell me. Man, man. <laughs> but, uh, it's going to talk back to me. It's going to talk back to me I'm after. It's going to talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But uh, just, just to piggyback on that, man, it's so funny, like, so I got some guys like like after you know I've done the interviews with them or whatever they'll they'll hit me up or Facetime me and he, like you said we will talk about smoking or stuff. Hey, you remember this? Remember that? Or you know you remember yeah. this party? Remember that party? Uh, but man, but then I also had the guys. Man, I got guys that still playing in the league. Mike Daniels, he went to Cincinnati Bengals, year nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adrian Claiborne with the Browns, year ten. I mean, I like Mike Daniels would call me, bro, and we would be on the phone for literally four hours <laughs> talking about. Yeah. Talking about the, the the days of Iowa, talking about the locker room times, talking about the film, like stuff that we used to see in film back in like 2009, like and like you just don't have those relationships, man, without football. Like you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. People and I feel like the people only the people that really understand that dynamic of those relationships are us, the people who were in it, or or yep. athletes in general, whether you play like basketball or softball or soccer, track. But those teammate relationships, man, like those, like these are your brothers, these, these are your sisters, like it's like a family thing. <laughs> and that's the beauty of sports, you know, and like, you know, a lot of coaches and had conversations with, you know, with, with athletes due to what's going on as far as the, you know, um, you know, racing we've been dealing with this this year. And that's the beautiful thing about sports because you got all kind of people from all type, works of life, all different colors that come together for one common goal. So, like, even if you had kids who were raised a different way or came up different or had different views, like, that's going to change once you get in that football community or a sports community because now it's just family. Now it's like you don't even know what's going on outside because all it is is just our bubble. This is us, right. fellas. Right. We're looking after each other. You know, right. you think back to the movie Remember the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. Remember the Titans. You know, we didn't see, I know you didn't see that. When they went off, when they went back, when they was, you know, for camp, they came together as a family. You know, they didn't matter the color. Mm-hmm. Now you get back to the real to the real world, and now you got all these outside people mm-hmm. pulling you in. So that's well, our conversations yeah, yeah. that we have with our players today. Like, fellas, we can't control what people do outside of here. Mm-hmm. All you can do is be great teammates to each other and try to reach the person next to you, whether yeah. that's a friend, whether that's a family member, and then we could get this circle bigger and it could spread and it could spread. Now we want that disease, we want that to spread. Now yeah. we want that to spread to everybody. Yeah. So that's just, the, that's just, that's why it's, you gotta love sports for that. Yeah, man, and I, and I wanted to ask you, so those points that you just hit on, were those some of the points that um, you know, your head coach at the University of North Dakota has, has hit on as well because I uh, talked to a guy, my guy, Sean Prater. Um, he played about six years in the league. Uh, he's a defensive back coach for Arizona State now. And he was talking about how, you know, Herm, how Herm Edwards is at the helm over there. And he was talking about how, 
you know, those were some of the key points that he was talking about. Obviously, you know, not letting the outside noise affect, yeah. affect how the program is ran, right? But at the same yeah. time, um, having a, having, you know, some white coaches on staff, having some black coaches on staff, yeah. um, you have to have those uncomfortable conversations. You have to address mm-hmm. what's going on. You can't leave anything to the unknown or you can't leave anything to the unforeseen. You have to talk, um, have those conversations. So uh, is that something that your head coach and a lot of more people on your staff, are they alluding to that with all their players in their position meetings and team meetings and things like that? Absolutely. And, I, you know, I remember when George Floyd happened, I had, you know, many colleagues called me and had conversations with, I mean, long conversations, you know, whether they was black, white or whatever, to just talk about the issue, you know, and, and you know, the biggest deal is when we talk about it is like, you know, it's uncomfortable, you know, but like I told you, even like you got to have those uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, us as African-Americans, you know, all we want to do is just hear, you know, from just a from the opposite race just here you know and and some people are nervous because they don't really know what to say and they understand that and you know our head coach is kind of you know he's kind of been letting me go and just kind of lead it you know and he's coaches just listening you know and that's the best deal to do is listen to players you know and our head coach has done a great job our OC DCA has done a great job of attacking it you know real world issue of what's going on you know and yeah when it happened for us, you know, our coach had Zooms with all the different groups and just let everybody talk. Yeah, and, that's great. you know, when it first started, it was crickets, you know, and then you hear guys, right. and nobody's saying that because nobody right. wanted to talk. And <laughs> then you start hearing guys, you know, I've never felt that since I've been here at North Dakota or this and that. So it was, it was great to hear that, but that is a sign of relief for kids because the world is already messed up enough. Man, so kids me. need that security blanket they need, you at need their college. It, man. You need, you it, need that just to know, like, you know what? My head, because our head coach is not African American, you know. Mm-hmm. So to know your head ball coach respects it because, of course, you're gonna question it, and, and, and you shouldn't mm-hmm. question it. But that's just the outside noise getting to you again. Because right, right, clearly, right. if he's a coach, you know, he 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 he, he works with all kind of different races, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But just to hear that is just all kids need. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't imagine this racist coaches working. Like you're working mm-hmm. with all kind of different races. So mm-hmm. when, when the reason, the fact that kids just need that justification is just because the outside noise can get to them. That's exactly. why you know, to just to put the stamp on it as coaches, let's talk about it. Uh-huh. Tell exactly. me how you feeling. Exactly. You know, because I had kids who's from the area of, of Minneapolis. You know, we got wow. kids that's from Wisconsin. You know, wow. so. Wow. And then you can have guys, you know, I could talk about a story like, guys, I was a senior in high school, 4.0 student, um, headed to Fresno. I'm outside a green box in my house because I missed my school bus. My auntie go pick me up, police swoop around, two cars out front. What are you doing? You're loitering, sir. Mm-hmm, First mm-hmm. of all, y'all just trying to accuse me for color of my skin in my neighborhood, not even knowing who you're talking to. Exactly, you know, but exactly. that, it, it, that's just little stuff. So that's why, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you know, a, a guy like me, you know, the police, when I see the police, you know, grow, I didn't see the, it, it's tough for us to see the police as like, you know, a good person because rightfully so, whatever, you know, people that we was raised around, all the mm-hmm. cops did was take them out of our lives, mm-hmm. right? And, right. And, and some of it is rightfully so, you know, they mm-hmm. didn't do the right stuff. But as a kid, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't take that in. You just like, every time I see a police officer, he's arresting him. All right, right, they're doing this. All right, it's a shooting. All right, that. You never see a police officer uh, giving you stickers in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. never see a police officer coming to hand out charity. So, yeah. like, every t- if I see somebody, it's just like a person. If I see him and it's always bad news, I don't want to hang around him. 
right, that right, dude right. trouble. Right. So that's the same deal of like when you come from inner cities and the police has always and and they're doing their job as far mm-hmm. as you know you know some of your uncles or this was doing this or doing that so they mm-hmm. probably deserve to be taken out mm-hmm. but as a kid that's just what you associate them with by man that's man like you alluded to that's all facts um man my just my last question bro because i know um i'm sure that north dakota the state of north dakota is kind of like uh, uh the state of iowa so you, you know you being um african-american man uh, uh you know pretty successful uh you know your resume speaks for itself has this year, you know, say these last three, four years and just all these different things, what, what just happened in Wisconsin, what happened in Minnesota, has it created any kinds of like anxiety for you? Just, you know, just for you to drive your car to the gas station, just for you to drive your car to uh, the grocery store, you know, go grocery shopping, just do your everyday errands, things like that. And, and I know that you, you've been used to being in these kind of environments since high school, since college, uh, yeah. all the different things you've done professionally. but I mean, and I can only speak to myself, yeah. seeing all these different things, man, it's, it's, uh, it's made me be like more observant when I go to the gym, when I go to the, when I go to um, the grocery store, you, you start to notice people like actually literally wanting to look you in your eyes and say hi, because they want you to know that they're not that way. But then, no question, have, then no question, people, no but question. Then, but then you have some people who are looking at you like crazy and and you kind of know that they they on the other side, like you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. what has your experience been in North Dakota? You know, just you know what? Like, and that's and that's a great point you said that because I have seen people that break their neck to be like, hey, or oh, like you know, yeah. and, and it's like letting you. And you got some people, and I don't want to just say that they're from the other side because they might be scared because they might think maybe he thinks I'm, I'm I, I don't like that that we don't like him, you know. So yeah, yeah. you know, I I, I really don't want to paint a picture, you know, and. And you can't you can't change some people. Like I said, it ain't black versus white. It's good versus evil. That's how I put it. It's good versus evil. So I have noticed it. Of course, I'm aware. Of course, it makes you like a little nervous. You know, anytime I get put over, you know, I got great record, license plate good, car good. But I'm a anytime my officer pull me over, I'm a comply. I'm like, hey, hey, I'm grabbing my insurance. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not like, and that's always something I've been taught from a youngin. You know. You know, and I've had and I've had people who was on the other side, you know, who was a state trooper, police officer, and I've been, you know, in a ride along where I've seen it, you know, but that's not validating anything that's happened. As far as that, that stuff's been wrong, rightfully for sure. But yeah, it definitely, I mean, definitely eye opening. You know, I see a police officer, I definitely think twice, you know, and I'm yeah. nervous not to get pulled over. I mean, I got to get that out because I have no reason to ever be worried. But like I exactly. said, it's just. I mean, you got something that's been engraved in you for so long. Exactly, exactly. It's hard to shake it and just where everything is going on. Because, yeah, man, I, like I, I said, couldn't agree more. You know, so it, it's some good cops. You know, I didn't mess mm-hmm. up, but at the same time, like I said, it's good versus evil. Exactly. You know, just like exactly. it's some, it's some, it's it's some good coaches, some bad coaches. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it, it's, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely different. You know, and I have noticed that as well. Being in North Dakota, people yeah. will break <laughs> their necks. You know, yeah. I was at the grocery store today. This lady was just waiting for me to you know and it's been <laughs> tough with masks on to really right, see right, right. To like you know to see some kind of gestures you know uh-huh, you just uh-huh. see the cheekbones rising you know what uh-huh. i mean right, right 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 now here we're a smaller state so masks is not really you don't see everybody wearing masks but yeah. i mean this lady was like just waiting for me to say something today and we had a great conversation older white okay, ladies. That's what's up. but but yeah for sure though it has though yeah, yeah, man. Well, I'm, I'm great. I'm super, super happy for you, uh, you know, that you're killing it out in North Dakota. 
you know, I pride myself on giving guys flowers while they're here. And I, and I, uh, um, one thing that really stuck out to me, you know, four years ago, 2016, when we played together, just was your passion for the game. Um, mm-hmm. the energy, your energy and passion that you brought every day. Uh, and it, it doesn't surprise me that you were able to transition that energy and passion from, from playing the game of football to coaching the game of football. I know you're going to continue to do great things. Uh, and so again, man, I just appreciate you for, you know, carving out this time to jump on the podcast. And I think we had a great conversation. Let's keep in man, touch. Great keep stay, stay, stay on those, stay on those RBs, man, during those workouts. No. I know, I know you get it in with them. So y'all, yeah. y'all keep that optimistic and positive mindset during the season. Hopefully we'll see what happens you know, for the rest of the year. It's been a crazy, crazy year, but we got to try to finish it strong. No question. No question, man. Don't kill us, only make us stronger, baby. Right, right, right. All right, man. Well, yeah, I, again, I appreciate that. I appreciate you for coming on, man. And we'll be in touch. I'll, I'll be looking to probably get you back on maybe at the end of the year or, or first thing in 2021 as we see what happens with, with uh, you know, with college football and how whatever kind of layout they, you know, come out with. Yeah. Most definitely. Just holler at me, man. Hey, really appreciate it. And, you know, congrats to you and everything you got going, man. It's always good to see former teammates just succeeding in life, man. It's the oh, beauty yeah. of it. Oh, just yeah. to you see everybody it. doing their thing, man. It's like, man, that's the beauty of it. You know, you know it, man. I remember you came on and you had that, you know, I could tell you had that chip on your shoulder from a bigger uh-huh. school. You knew you didn't want to be at the Barnstormers. I uh-huh. could tell the way you were practicing, you didn't say much. You was just ready to roll. And, you know, I got better conversations with you as we hung out outside of that but uh-huh, you know, i just uh-huh. you know just to get back i just like the dog mentality you had because i knew you like bro from iowa dude i got boys who in the league and i'm out here bro i'm about to uh-huh. dog everybody and you i can it. tell you know i can, I can just <laughs> tell how you was doing it so that was so just to think back man it's crazy yeah 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 i, pre- I appreciate you man and again like you said man it's, it's, it's all love and again it's a blessing to just to see what everybody's doing and i'm just like you said like you alluded to earlier with social media it, it de- it's definitely able to give us all a way to just stay tapped in with each other. You mentioned yeah. Javis's name earlier, uh, earlier in our interview, and you know, I talked to him yeah. a couple of weeks ago, just kind of catching up. And he he's, yeah. he's killing it with the training thing in Houston. So, yeah, man, it's just you know, it's cool just to stay try to stay tapped in with people. And I'm I am dedicated to trying to do that. You know, trying to stay That's tapped nice. in with yep. guys and keeping those relationships. Like you said, like you said, that you know your after effect relationship. So, no question. Yeah. All right, bro. Well, you have a good weekend, man. Take it easy. Be safe. And I'll I'll catch you on the next one. All right, man. Just holler. Appreciate it. All right, bro. All right. Yes, sir. So, yeah, guys, again, um, you know, just had a great episode 16 with North Dakota University running backs coach Robbie Rouse, former teammate of mine. Uh, You know, we talked about a a plethora and a slew of things. and, you know, to end this episode, I really just want to say, you know, RIP to uh, a great artist, a great talent, a great actor, um, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, you know, uh, our first black superhero, right? You know, when I heard the news yesterday or last night, my eyes immediately got, I immediately got teary-eyed, right? Because I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't fathom it that, uh, you know, he had been fighting colon cancer for four years and nobody knew it, right? I saw him losing weight um, in the Big Five Bloods and at different uh, at different award shows, but I thought he was just losing weight for a role, right? So again, rest in glory to Chadwick Boseman, a great artist, great leader um, for our black community. All right. So again, thank you for tapping into episode 16. I look forward to 
um, seeing who comes in and, you know, subscribes or rates us for this episode. And make sure you guys stay tapped in with us, man. We got a lot of more athletes coming on, uh, you know, male, female, uh, different races, you know, just to create that, uh, uh, create that narrative to, you know, have diversity, All right. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Peace.